the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. This is the new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is KNEW, AM and HD, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Jan in Walnut Creek. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. How are you, Jen? Right, I'm fine. <clears throat> Morning, Rob. Um, about Glass Steagall. You know, it seems to me I understand the concern and all that <clears throat> what's happened, but it seems to me that European banks and maybe Asian banks too don't have this <clears throat> the distinction that we established with Glass Steagall. So. If we did away with that thing, wouldn't our banks be internationally at a disadvantage and less competitive on the world scene? Good question. And there's a a good article exactly on this exact topic today at Times Online. So go Google. New York Times? No, no, it's Times. Um, Just Google Times Online and you'll figure it out. It's a big international paper. Uh-huh. And basically what they're reporting is that like companies like Barclays and Bank of Scotland, they tumbled – um, this morning, in the wake of President Barack Obama's pledge last night to wage war on American banks and the biggest regulatory crackdown on financial institutions since the 1930s. So Barclays was down and RBS, uh, Royal Bank of Scotland, was down. There's fears that his proposals could force a radical restructure of American banks, which, again, a move would be welcomed by George Osborne. He's the shadow chancellor who held Mr. Obama's intervention. Europe is kind of on the same level that we are. Uh, how do you separate retail banks from activities like large-scale proprietary trading? Is it best done on a national level? Is it best done on a, a U.S. level? But it would make us um, – it would hurt us. But we could also throw the same – like Royal Bank of Scotland does business in the United States. we throw the same crap down on them and they'd have to leave. Um, so it, it the ramifications aren't well thought out yet, Jen. And we don't know who the winners and losers would be. I could tell you right now the headlines – really hurt the big banks in the United States, Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo. But other countries who've had international uh, aspirations to expand, they would be hurt as well. Thanks. That they would have to conform to our rules? Would Were we to change them in this country that they wouldn't uh, be able to operate uh, both types of banks? Yeah, if you do business in our country, you have to conform by our rules. I see. So, and thanks for the call. Well, okay. Oh, now, yeah, well, that's... I just wanted to say that I do remember that for example, in Italy, uh, when you went to buy stocks, you went to a bank. Yep. You didn't go to a broker. So. And with that said, European banks tend to have a lot more capital, so they tend to be well capitalized, where we kind of got a little bit loosey-goosey with our capitalization rates in the United States. So they're considered a little bit more conservative than us. Thank you. You're welcome, Jen. Thanks for the call. I promised I'd talk about this, so I need to talk about it. Uh, Panera Bread. Ticker symbol PNRA. That's one of the rules of broadcasting. 
If you promise it, you got to deliver. Um, Panera Bread has kept business sizzling by spicing up the menu with new and improved offerings. Now, ticker symbol on Panera Bread is PNRA. Now, I've seen them. I've never actually been in one. I know. You're saying, like, how can you how can you possibly give me an opinion if you've never actually been in one? I'm, I'm just talking about it. I'm looking at the financials. I'm a numbers guy. I could fall in love with a stripper if she's got the right revenues and she's got the right earnings. I can fall in love with a crack addict. I shouldn't always talk about women. That's bad. So I could talk. I could fall in love with a crack addict if it has the right revenue and the right earnings. So Panera Bread has kept business sizzling, spicing up the menu. Business stayed piping hot in the fourth quarter. This is a discretionary play. You don't have to go spend money at basically a glorified bread sandwich coffee shop. You don't have to. But they've been doing good. Same store sales up 7.4% from last year. Now, Panera shares up sharply on this news. It all boils down to Panera's philosophy of investing in the brand. A lot of chains have cut portion sizes. They've reduced staff during the recession. Panera did the opposite. They kept the portion sizes the same, and they kept their labor force intact. So when you went in there, it was a good experience. Do you remember Boston Market? I mean, let me digress for a second. When Boston Market first came out, it was publicly traded, and it was on fire. They ultimately changed the name to Boston. No, it was Boston Chicken, and then it became Boston Market. And the food in there was great. The chicken was yummy delicious. It was fantastic. The mashed potatoes and gravy, yummy delicious. The corn, yummy delicious. All the sides, the cornbread, yummy delicious, yummy delicious, yummy delicious, right? You'd go in the bathrooms, and you'd be like, bathrooms are clean. And, like, people were happy that you were in the store. And that's why the company failed. There's something to be said about the magic of McDonald's where every time you go in 24 hours a day, there's a line two to three people. When you went into Boston Chicken, there's never a line. You would always get instantly served. There's something to be said that we kind of know that a bathroom in, in McDonald's is okay. You're not going to put your tongue on the floor and lick it. You could <laughs> at a Boston Market, Boston Chicken. So it was too clean. So right there was their sign like this business model is not sustainable. So keep that in mind. It's just something, again, I'm not going to say apply that lesson to everything, but it was almost too good to be true. So they've kept out of the discount game, Panera Bread, back to Panera, ticker some PNRA, PNRA. They've kept out of the discount game. They've kept their staff good. So they've got the customers feeling good. I'm one of those people that I'm bitter. Have you figured that out about me yet? I get a memo in the middle of the night from my boss basically trying to degrade me right before I'm supposed to get a contract, and I get bitter. I'm one of those people I get bitter I once had a cable modem situation where I was doing an internet, a national radio show, 100 plus markets, national radio show. And my cable modem kept flaking out on me. It was in the early days of the cable modem. So I called Comcast and I love Comcast. But at this point in time, the technology wasn't right. And I got so angry. They said, we'll send someone out in two weeks. And now they send them out instantaneously. I love Comcast. Love Comcast. Comcast is wonderful. Comcast is Comcastic. Comcast is magical. But 15 years ago, not so much in the the the, the cable modem era. Um, so I said, yeah, your, your technician will know exactly which cable modem house it is because it'll be the, the house that on the porch, it's got a cable modem with poop on top of it. Like I get so bitter. I threatened a, a sales phone person that I was going to poop on a modem and leave it outside my house. It was funny at the time. It's sad and pathetic in hindsight. Like you don't threaten phone service people. Like there's no need for that. So I've never, I've actually get this. I haven't been in bad mood on the telephone since that day. I was so embarrassed of my actions. I've never, ever stooped that low again. So anyway, back to Panera. And but no, no, that, that ties into restaurants. You get food once that's bad. You're like, I'll never come here ever again. 
You get a waiter or a waitress who has attitude, and you're like, I'll never come here ever again. So Panera knows that. So what they did was they staffed. And give them credit for staffing correctly. They're trying to lure customers. You know, they're trying to keep them. So their results have been pretty good. In the last year, the stock has gone from 32 bucks a share to 75 bucks a share. It's better than the market for a reason, right? Let me pull up a little bit more on Panera. Because, uh, again, I've never actually been in one. And I feel kind of embarrassed sometimes. There's an investor statement. You should never invest in something you don't understand. That's damn true. For instance, um, you understand an iPhone, right? You kind of get it. You see people love it and they, they lick it and they go, I love you, iPhone. I love you. 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 It's actually kind of funny because Heidi was just ragging on me because my phone has a cracked screen. And she's like, that's kind of ghetto. But it's neither here nor there. So look at me, Heidi. I'm wearing an Oakland A's jersey. Do I look like I'm all about appearance and spending money foolishly? And I'm not wearing an Oakland A's jersey. I'm wearing an Oakland A's pullover. Slightly different. Same concept. So anyway, Panera Bread, it's ready for an epical change in American eating habits. 1,300 cafes in 40 states. Okay, now what that tells me, analyze on the fly, Mr. Black, what that tells me is they're already in 40 states. They probably don't have that much more to go. They probably looked at North Dakota and said, you know what? There's nothing here. We're not going to put a Panera here. They've probably gone to Alaska and said, you know what? Mm, We don't want to sell our bread and our, our sandwiches to a bunch of Eskimos. I know, I know. Did you just say everyone in, in Alaska is Eskimos? I did, I did, because I'm offensive. I'm, I'm a shock jock. Shocking. So anyway, um, locations operate mostly under the Panera and St. Louis Bread Company banners. So they do have a different angle. Oh, they make artisan breads. Don't you love a good bread? There's a bread. I used to live in Turkey, and uh, it was called Eggmat. And my mom would send me downstairs every day because we lived in a penthouse because we were Americans um, in this incredibly poor country. And my mother would send me down and uh, I'd go buy a fresh loaf of Eggmet, fresh hot bread each and every day. And I think Eggmet translates into like egg bread or something like that. I'm not quite sure. And I had golden blonde hair, six years old kid, six year old kid. I used to play in ruins. My, my, my toy box was one of the oldest countries in the world. It was fantastic. My parents would like, ah, go play. So I'd, I'd actually go into crypts. I'd hang out in crypts and I'd hang out in ruins and, and you know, old Roman uh, monuments and things like that. So anyway, um, Eggmet, Eggmet, where does the story go? Oh, fresh bread. Oh, I was looking at the menu at Panera Bread. Asagio cheese, focaccia. Oh, sourdough bread. Oh, bread is yummy. I love fresh bread. Nothing better than fresh bread. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Oh, I was going to tell you, I had blonde hair in Turkey. And a lot of Turks would come up to me, and they'd grab my cheek, and they'd go, Musala! Musala! And they'd, they'd basically rip my cheek off of my face. They were just pinching my cheek, and it kind of means cute kid. And I had blonde hair, blue eyes, and I was, I was cute. I was cute as a kid. What happened? I don't know. I don't know. But I was probably the cutest kid you've ever seen. And um, I, This show isn't about you. I know. The show's not about me. Um, but anyway, so Musala, Musala, pinch my cheek, pinch my cheek. Um I later learned that Musala means we want to molest you, young boy. So that's not true. That's not true. And that's a crude, unacceptable, bad radio host, bad radio host. I'm Rob Black, 910. Ratings are going to go down from that. Bad radio host, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk.
845-5639 to get your calls in the air. Do we have Dan? We do have Dan. Let's bring in Dan Rusinowski from the San Jose Sharks. Dan Rusinowski does the play-by-play. He's incredibly good at it. He paints a picture with his his words. It's it's magical listening to the sport that he describes that he obviously loves so much. How are you, Dan? Hey, I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks. So now, um, what do you have to say about the Sharks? It's it's tough because I'm I'm trying to come up with questions, but they're on a roll. They're they're hot. It's tough to criticize. Well, it is pretty tough to criticize, but you have to look at the, at the bigger picture in, in the best part of, of the scope of it, and that is that they're dealing with certain little challenges that are going to be big challenges in a playoff series. And I always say that the, that the regular season is sort of a dress rehearsal for all of the big challenges you have in the playoffs. Last night, the biggest one for the Sharks was they had to deal without their top defenseman, Dan Boyle. What did they do? Uh, they changed their defensive pairs around a little bit, and we were joking around about it a little bit on the air that they broke up the combination of Mark Edward Vlasic and Rob Blake, and what happened? They both scored goals. It was amazing. And the way that the guys adjusted to that within the system that Todd McClellan has shows everybody that this is a team to be reckoned with. That's what they're proving right now at this juncture of the season. I think the last three games, it's been like 9-1, to 5-1, to 3-1. to one. What's up with Nabokov? Why is he giving up the goal? That's the only thing I can criticize. <laughs> I better not criticize that. Uh, the way this guy's been playing, he's uh, he's challenging for a Vezina Trophy, which is given to the uh, best goaltender in the league at the end of the year. The general managers vote on that. But I have to say that uh, that he has just been a, a bedrock of consistency for the Sharks in goal whenever he's played, and that hasn't been a problem at all. Now, you were talking, and we're speaking with Dan Rusnowski, the voice of the San Jose Sharks, my favorite sport, my favorite team. Um, you were talking about dealing with the challenge of Dan Boyle, and I'm going to take the other hand. I guess I'm a little pessimist. I guess I'm a little bit fearful, Dan. Um, aren't they playing him too much, and isn't that why we lost him for a couple of games? No, he got that. That would be a misnomer. He he got hacked at uh, in the game against the Kings, and that could happen if he plays five minutes or twenty five. But uh, his ice time is a concern. It is an issue. I think that probably after the Olympic break and his compressed schedule, the coaching staff is going to address that a little bit. And probably, uh, given the fact that they've done so well without him in, in at least this one game, uh, they may be able to figure out ways to to actually manage that ice time a little bit better. So you learn things along the way. That's that's the beauty of the schedule in the season. Regardless of, of the challenges that are set forth, you, there are learning experiences that the players and the coaches have together, and they're able to gain confidence, and I think this is one of those issues. I was um, lamenting the fact that Thornton, Marlowe, Heatley, amazing hockey line, but we weren't getting much scoring from everyone else, and the moment that I said that last week, Dan, it, it's been a, a you know basically a fireworks of explosion of goals from uh, the second, third, and fourth line. I've got it. Maybe the next time they go on a slump, you just have to mention that again, and then it'll happen. <laughs> I want to count on that. So, again, I, I find myself lamenting, uh, Dan. It, you know, when we're winning 9-1, to one, it's not even a fun game to, to watch at that point in time. i got to imagine you don't even like calling those games because it's it's tough, isn't it? Well, it's a different kind of a tough. It is a lot of fun from a fan's perspective, especially in the building, to, to just keep seeing goals go in and have things not go well for the other team. Maybe that's a, a sort of a modern case of schadenfreude or something, but uh, I don't think it's just reveling in the misery of the other side. I think it's more of the, the celebration and the joy of the beauty of the sport and, and the greatness that's achievable by a group of players that is trying to be the best they can be. And that's something that we need more of in society. We need to see more of, of that reward 
for all of the work that's put in, and that there's a direct correlation between the two rather than having uh, exterior forces interrupting that all the time. And um, I know that probably in hockey, the one external force might be the referees, might be the guys in Toronto that are looking at a replay, but that's really minimal compared to, to everything else that most people have to face. So um, I think it's pretty inspirational. I think that it's uh, it's a lot of fun for the people that are in the in the stands, and certainly calling it on the radio, the only thing I have to worry about is just to keep the, the tea and the lemon hanging around because uh, that those those goal calls can really get you get you tired. That's true. That's true because you get kind of excitable. You uh, well, he scores, he scores, he scores. So you get into it for sure. Um, and when you get into it, Dan, I get into it. So stay into it if you if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I will. And, and you know what? That's part of what broadcasting on the radio is all about. You have to make sure that you convey the emotion of what's going on, the importance and the historical perspective and everything else that, that goes on into uh, into the sport and in, into the play-by-play. And, you know, along with the great color commentary that I get from Jamie Baker that, that amplifies all of that, we, uh, we seem to have a good time, and our, our, our listeners appreciate it, I think. Let's talk a little bit about Jamie Baker. He's your co-host, on, or he's your color commentary. He's Canadian. He's he's like, hey, it's a good day for hockey. Like he's simple and it, it's loving and it's incredibly sweet. Well, yeah, and he, he's also an extremely intelligent observer of the game, and he's a real student of the game, and, and he sees things that the average person, including anybody that's been around the game for a long time, doesn't necessarily see. And so he adds that perspective. He certainly has an interesting personality. And, uh, you know, I, I always like to say that the, the way that the relationship works on the air, I'm Dean Martin and he's Jerry Lewis and the comedy team, and that pretty much uh, says it all. I don't want to jinx us, but I'm looking at the standings, Dan Riznowski, and I'm seeing we're the top team again. We're the best in the league. If we win the Stanley Cup this year, and I shouldn't even begin to utter that phrase, do you get a chance to to hold the cup yourself? Do you get a chance to take it to your hometown? Because you're a Shark employee. You want to know the truth? Sure. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work, and I'm looking forward to trying to find out how that's going to work. Theoretically, every player gets a chance to have it for a day. I'm not sure about staff members or broadcasters or anybody else connected with the team, but uh, let's just say that for me the dream is to to actually – utter those words that the Sharks have actually won the Stanley Cup and describe the scene at whatever building it's in, whether it's HP Pavilion or uh, the Bell Center in Montreal or Madison Square Garden in New York or uh, Melvin Arena in Pittsburgh. It really doesn't matter where it happens, but uh, it will be a memory that will be forever for everybody that's involved with it, including including the one who calls it. Absolutely, and I, I got goosebumps thinking about you doing that. I want it to be a game seven. I don't want it to be a game four. I want oh, it to be. Want a, it, you want it to go right down to the wire, do you? I want it to be a three to two. I don't want it to be a nine to one. Well, yeah, nobody wants it to be nine to one necessarily because that takes the uh, the climactic moment away at the very end of the contest. A one goal game is better in that deciding night, of course, and it's probably going to be that way because everybody's so good in this league. When you get to that level, it's it's pretty difficult to to, to stop that. You know, there have been there have been years when the Detroit Red Wings, for instance, over over the last few years have have uh, swept the Stanley Cup final. The Islanders did it back in the 1980s, and it took some of the luster away from the uh, excitement as to who is going to win, the uncertainty, so to speak. But uh, I don't really care how it happens, as long as it happens someday for all the great people in, in the Bay Area who root for this team and, and, and support it so much. San Jose's got the greatest hockey team. They've got the greatest sports franchise in the Bay Area right now, and I highly encourage people to go out, be a part of it, listen to it, watch it, just be a part of it, and you'll fall in love with the game. One thing that you, you hinted at there, Dan, you said that the players get a chance to take the cup. And I know this, they get a chance to take the cup back to their hometown. And I've hinted at 
I think hockey players are wonderful. They're simple. They're Canadian. They're they're loving to play the game for free. Probably not, but it looks like they would. That's a neat. That's a neat history of it because the NFL, you don't get to take the trophy and, and show it off, but in hockey, you do get to take it back to the small town. Well, you know what else is really great about it is that you get your name put on the Stanley Cup, too. What other trophy has that? Every single player that wins the Cup gets his name engraved on the trophy. And uh, they actually ran into a problem a few years ago when they started running out of space, but they came up with a brilliant solution, I thought. And the solution was there's a part of the Stanley Cup, the, the lower portion is a series of rings of silver, all the same size. So what they started to do when they got to the last ring was they basically took the top Bring out the oldest group of, of players in that grouping, and they retired that part of the trophy to the Hall of Fame. And so it's on display in the Hall of Fame. And then they moved all of the other rings up and replaced the bottom portion with, uh, you know, a, a, a free space to add names to the cup. So there's a whole generation of people that um, eventually will get retired, obviously, to the Hockey Hall of Fame. But I think it's a brilliant solution to maintain a tradition that, that I think is special. And let's not forget that the NHL uh, is not the originator of the Stanley. Cup. The Stanley Cup is older than the NHL itself, and it used to be um, the championship uh, between the National Hockey League and the Pacific Hockey Association, um, the teams like in Vancouver and Seattle and places like that. So a lot of people don't realize that the first Stanley Cup winner from the United States was the Seattle Metropolitans back in the, in the World War I era. That was just before the NHL got formed, and uh, for a, a number of years after that, there was still a possibility for any of those Western teams to challenge for the Stanley Cup, but that ended in the 1920s when the NHL basically um, assumed control over the Stanley Cup and it became the championship of the playoffs of the NHL only. We've got about three weeks before the Olympic break shuts down the NHL for a couple of weeks, rightfully so, so they can put all their stars on the world stage. But what should we expect as San Jose Shark fans in the next two to three weeks? What can we look forward to? In the season or in the Olympics? Oh, I'm in the season. It's kind of a weird thing. We shut down for a couple of weeks and you know, you don't cheer for your home team, you cheer for your country. Well, there's a really big homestand for the Sharks that's going on right now, and that really is uh, is a, a great time to have a good time with the, with the top team in the, in the game. Um, you know, Buffalo is coming to town on Saturday, that would be tomorrow, and one of the great aspects of that game is that former Sharks Mike Greer and Craig Rive, who play for the Sabres, will be coming back to town, to town for a rare visit, but also... The top goaltender probably on the U.S. Olympic team, Ryan Miller, is going to be playing against the Sharks. And, and we don't get a chance to see these teams in San Jose that often from the Eastern Conference, a maximum of once a year. But Buffalo hasn't been here in a while. Uh, last season, the, the Sharks played the Sabres once. And uh, this season, they've got two games against that team just before the Olympic break. So that's a special time. Uh, of course, the Red Wings are coming to town as well just before the break. But we've got the Blackhawks in town and Minnesota, too. Those are... Uh, Four really good games just before the the big road trip. And, of course, that road trip, which is going to be grueling, that starts in February, uh, goes through places like St. Louis and Nashville. There's a visit to Toronto to see former coach Ron Wilson and what's going on there. And and then, of course, uh, we go to Columbus, Detroit, and Buffalo. So that's that's a a nice little journey through the next couple of weeks. The best thing you can say is, one, stay healthy. Two, make some hay in in the regular season standings. Try to be in first place at the end of that break. And then uh, everybody shuts things down for a couple of weeks and enjoys the break.
break and gets healthy again while the all the big guys go to the Olympics and duel it out. And I have to say that that's going to be an exciting tournament, too, with all of the hockey basically in our prime time. And so everybody will be able to watch it. More people will be able to actually see it live rather than putting it on the DVR and watching it later. And I think that, that that's going to add to the, the excitement of it, uh, the fact that Canada is so favored and it, they're a home team and there's so much pressure on them. It's going to be an interesting test for the four Sharks that play in the Olympics for Team Canada. But as I've told you before, my ultimate fantasy would be to have Joe Pavelski involved in a U.S. upset or at least a chance for the U.S. team to medal, which would be a great accomplishment. They're dark horses. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but the likelihood will be that Evgeny Nabokov for the Russians and the Canadian team will probably be uh, two of the top clubs. Maybe the U.S. and Sweden face playing for third place. That's the realistic view. But the fantasy view is to have the U.S. go all the way. Thanks very much. Dan Risnowski, the voice of the Sharks. He puts color into the game of hockey. It's my favorite passion. It's my favorite sport. Love Dan and his calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. favorite plays of all time is by Bernard Shaw, Pygmalion. And it basically deals with expectations of, can you craft a perfect person or are they who they are? Can you turn a prostitute into a lady or is she who she is? And what with us trying to craft someone to be better than they are? What with us trying to craft them to be in our image? So it wasn't as obvious as it, as you would think. It's a little bit about nature. It's a little bit about nurture. A little bit about arrogance of people trying to craft other people. Let's go to Joanna in Sanford. Stanford? Sanford? Are you in Sanford or Stanford? Stanford. Joanna? Hi, hi, Rob. Hi, Joanna. Did you fall asleep during the commercial? No. No. I was doing something. What were you doing? Uh, I was reading. Reading what? Actually, Time Magazine. You read Time Magazine? I haven't picked up a Time Magazine in 20 years. Kind of... It got smaller and smaller and less relevant and less relevant with the internet. But That's true. <laughs> what say you, Joanna? Okay. Uh, a few years ago, I sold the property I owned outside the country, and I transferred most of the proceeds to my bank account here in the United States. Okay. However, some of the money remained there in a bank and was invested in government securities, which actually was a great investment. Sure. Um. Last week, I was notified by the bank that, according to U.S. law, uh, American citizens cannot no longer invest in uh, stocks, uh, funds, uh, securities, whatever, uh, offshore. And I was offered either to keep the money in American dollars, uh, in euros, in local currency, which is out of question, or transfer it to the United States or Wherever I want. What country are we talking about, Joanna? Israel. Israel. I would check into that because that doesn't sound right. Um, there has been a lot going on in headline news recently about 
like Swedish banks and situations along those lines where offshore money has to come back on shore or we're going to tax you or we're going to penalize you or we're going to take it. But you can have foreign investments in foreign countries. You do not have to hold foreign investments in the United States. Um, that is a misnomer that is not true. Um, on top of that, there is a little bit more that I need to add color on. And thanks for the call. Um, I was working as an investment advisor back in 2001 and the Patriot Act, uh, it basically screwed the whole industry. It just, it used to be, Heidi, you want to open up a brokerage account? Breathe here. And she'd breathe there and brokerage account, ta-da, magically opened. But with the Patriot Act, they've changed that. So my guess is, Joanna, it has something likely to do with where the money is and how it's being held. And they just need more information um, maybe your Israeli bank or brokerage firm has changed their rules, but that is not a U.S. rule at this point in time. Let's go to Patrick and Arenda. Patrick, how are you? Uh, doing good. Hi, Robert. Hey, yeah. how are you? I'm here. Doing good. Uh, uh, first, I just want to say, man, it's, it's good to have you through the uh, new year. When I was hearing all that talk about uh, you, you weren't under contract. And I'm still not you. under contract. And I only got five days left. I'm taking uh, next Thursday off. Got in here, man. Let's take care of you. I don't think it's. Uh, I I would, don't, I honestly don't think it's going to happen. He ripped no. me. He ripped me an a hole in an email last okay, night. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, start a petition. No, don't do that. Let me Everybody retire. Let me leave. Cut cable. I've been doing this for fifteen. I've been doing this for fifteen years, twelve to fourteen hours a day. I don't want to do it forever. Let me go. But okay. with but that, just, just, you know, I, I cut my cable bill. I cut my good. car insurance. Something. I, I pay. I, I'd send you a bill every month just to listen to you. You're you're a good man, and I I don't want you to cut down on your porn. And your cable bill, so don't do that. Okay. Those actresses, those got, uh, actresses work hard for our entertainment. <laughs> okay, Ralph. I got uh, I got about twenty four k and a four hundred one k. I'm thirty years old. Uh, companies just sent out a newsletter. They're changing the funds. Uh, some are switching out and they're adding a new one. I'm going basically from a Franklin balance sheet fund to a T row price mid cap uh, Vanguard small cap to a T row price small cap. And okay. then uh, Fidelity uh, Equity Income Fund, uh, they're going to be transferred to a American Century Value Fund. But the new fund is a PIMCO, ticker symbol PTRX. Just want to know what you think about that. Okay. You went a long way to get to that ticker symbol. PTRX. RX. Give me just a second. First and foremost, one thing that I want to mention, Patrick, is if I don't get a new contract next week, I'm done. Um, if it's what? not if it's not signed in, in in writing, I'm done. I'll still be out there at robblack.com, robblack.com. And what you should do is there's a good website called financialengines.com and yeah. morningstar.com, so that you could take your 401k and plug it in elsewhere and see yeah, what. I went to Brightscope. Brightscope is a new website out there. They, they don't they don't think my funds are too hot. <laughs> I've never heard of Brightscope, so I'm not going to say positive. You just you just punch your company in there, and they they tell you how they they rate it on a one to a hundred. I uh, that's kind of funny because I did the greatest show in in months and months and months and months yesterday, and I thought I was all hot, and then I get this blasting email, and I'm like, oh, I'm not so hot. So it's right. it's deflating when other people tell you you're not so hot. Okay. So anyway, um, back to you um, because it's not about me. I made yet another bad radio show host, bad radio show host, bad radio show host. Um, Pimco total return ticker symbol PTRRX. Is that th- that's it? Two R's? Yes. Okay. No, let's no, take- no. PT PTTRX. I see. If I were being funny, I'd say was that PTRRX, and I'd, I'd go through this loop with you because ticker symbols yeah, don't necessarily work. Okay, PTRRX. Um, let's take a look. It's had a good uh, two and a half years doing nothing. 
So it's gone a little bit higher, a little bit lower, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, a little bit higher, and it's done nothing. So your money has stayed stable. But in that time frame, it's paid you 5.27% in a dividend yield, which is good. So it's tied towards income. I'm not a big fan of intermediate term bonds. This is intermediate term bonds right now, but the bonds that they hold are great. So on one hand, I'm saying I don't like the category. On the other hand, I'm saying that they're doing a great job in that category. I would rather go into more short term myself because there's not that much difference of what you're getting here and there. Now, this is totally different because this is high yield. It's doing very, very well. Bill Gross manages it. Fund normally invests 65% of assets in a diversified portfolio of fixed income instruments of varying, uh, varying maturities and debt. Let me take a look at some of the holdings here and the performance. He's done a great job. Honestly, like in the world of basketball, there's Michael Jordan. In the world of football, there's Joe Manitana. In the world of bonds, there's Bill Gross. And what's weird about it is he's kind of got that receded porn star uh, hairline, and he's got the mustache that just makes him look so creepy. But anyway, um, that's Pimco Total Return, Fannie Mae, Fannie Mae, Fannie Mae. They got a lot of Fannie Mae debt. Wow. They got a lot of Fannie Mae. It's, it's doing great. Performance, performance, performance. Give me a second. 800 Um, I'd say the income's pretty good. I'd look to lighten up on it. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. The Glenn Beck Program coming up at 12 noon. Now, Rob Black, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And you. needed a little Debbie Boone to pull me out of my funk. Yesterday, super high, great show. Today, not so much. So Debbie Boone, her father, Pat Boone, her grandfather, Red. I want to name myself Red. <laughs> like, what a cool name. So anyway, Debbie Boone making me feel a little bit better about myself. I remember this song from my childhood, and I loved it as a kid. I lived overseas, so we got what our American friends would send us. Because in Turkey, they didn't have American radio. You can get the drift. So that was something that I was heavily fed as a child, as a song goes. And I'm sorry that I had to put that on you. Debbie Boone, you light up my life. And the lyrics are fantastic. So um, that was her height. That was like a pop song back in the 70s. And that was her height. So many nights I sit by my window waiting for someone to sing me the song. So many dreams I kept deep inside me, alone in the dark. But now you've come along. You light up my life. Let's go to Larry in Oakland. Larry, how are you? Okay. Thanks again for all the great picks. I mean, talk radio is great, but talk radio that doubles your savings is even better. Ah, you're too kind. Uh, today I wanted to ask about uh, uh, rare element resources. It's a rare earth and about rare earths in general. Yeah, it's it's just not, it's not something I can follow. It's too small. So I can't even pull up the financials on it, if that gives you an idea. So it, it's probably better served by people like you who could do the work on the company. Ticker symbol is RRLMF, and it's a pink sheet. And be very, very careful, because if I can't find the financials, then I can't trust it. Um, if you know what, that's where I'm coming from. I like seeing things that I can uh, quantify. Sure. So can you find the financials on it? Uh, I will try. I just bought some yesterday, so now I'm going to start looking into it. <laughs> yeah, I th- this is a wild, wild west kind of investment. So, not terribly well followed, like Procter and Gamble. Right. So, thanks for the call. Good luck. 
So I brought up Procter & Gamble because they're the number one maker of household products. And they got an upgrade today, and it's neither here nor there. It's really – it's not that important. But I throw it out there because a lot of people – like Larry will make his life incredibly difficult. He'll go out and try to find the next greatest investment. And sometimes I think the best way to do that is buy something that was around when you were a little boy. Buy something that will be around when you're an old man. Buy something around when your grandchildren are, are old men. So Procter & Gamble up today. They're a little bit of a leader. They're profiled in Barron's bit of a turnaround and again this isn't you know it's a, a play on shelf space and private label and are they going to have their dominance or not it's a question i mean again when i was a young little boy you know uh, they did downy they did crest they did Charmin. which for the record i'm out of toilet paper not a fun scene when you find out after you sit on the toilet that you're out of toilet paper so you start going "Ooh, i wonder what i could use that'd be a good call-in segment What's the worst thing you've used in lieu of toilet paper? Um, Fusion, Pantene, Pringles, Tide. Now, again, Tide's not dominant anymore. They have to reinvent themselves. IAMs and Gillette they own, Crest. Um, So it's a play on middle class. Middle class who needs Downey. Middle class who needs Crest to make their teeth white. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Orland and Milpitas. Milopitis. Uh, I was hoping it could uh, help me with dispelling a myth on COBRA, the uh, extended government health when you lose your job, I guess. Okay. Uh, I just had this experience. I had my father who uh, had to uh, lose his job or something like that. I forgot what happened, but they gave him COBRA, and it was paying like over $500 a month. Now, is it just better to get a regular plan from some Blue Cross, Kaiser, or somebody, would it be cheaper? It just seems like it when I see the rates. Yeah, you're not. See, that's the problem, Orlin, is that COBRA extends your workplace health care benefits, but you pay an arm and leg for it. But go out and try to get your own health care policy without having a job where the job goes to the health care insurance company and says, we got 100 people. Now, we know two or three of them are going to be sickly, and we know... That's going to hurt you, but the other 97, 98 aren't going to be. So uh, healthcare companies typically won't insure just one person, Orland. So in theory, it would be a lot cheaper, but in reality, they're just not going to do it because they take their they take their risk with numbers. Kaiser won't, won't allow a single individual health plan? You could look into it, but what you're going to find is it's going to be prohibitively costly. So thanks for the call, Orland. 800-345-5639, COBRA is one of those funky words that it means Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1985. And it was started by President Reagan. So it mandates an insurance program, which gives you an employee the ability to continue your health insurance if you leave the company. So if you get fired, especially. So the law deals with a lot of topics, though. Um, and President Barack Obama has said the United States government will subsidize a lot of COBRA. So I would check into what's available out there before you panic out of it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Burger King franchisees are angry over the $1 double cheeseburger. Now, when I saw that story, I go, what? Like, why does anyone care? It, it, but it comes back to KFC. KFC franchisees. They're angry that KFC is now pushing grilled chicken and not fried chicken. So a lot of times franchises change. I've never really met that many franchisees. I really, I, 
I know a lot of you want to start your own franchise like Subway. It's very, very expensive. It's a million plus dollars to start your own Subway. So in a portion of your revenue is always going to go back to that company. But keep that in mind. Um, but Burger King, the franchisees are angry over the value menu, the $1 double cheeseburger. They'd probably rather have a $1 single cheeseburger because that double cheeseburger, when you start on the double cheese, that's where it gets becomes expensive. Cheese is very, very expensive. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to James in Santa Clara. James. Hi, Rob. Hey, James. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I had a quick question for you, a theoretical scenario. If a guy has a house uh, way under value, able to make the payments and things, but uh, loses his job or uh, needs to get out of the, the mortgage and uh, basically getting the money back of going a hundred to $150,000 under value on the house. What's the best way to get out of the house? Typically the best way to get out of a house in this environment is a short sale. I'm not sure you're going to qualify for it. Um, a short sell though, ultimately is, are these original loans or have you done any refinances on them? Uh, original loans. Okay. That's good. Um, in large part because you haven't taken money out and taken yourself to, on vacation. You haven't taken money out and bought yourself a car. Banks tend to get angry over that. I would Google short sell and learn a little bit about it. Um, Google short sell with the word wiki, W-I-K-I, next to it. And what you're going to probably want to do, James, is sell the house. Let's say it's worth 500 and you paid $600. Um, now, you're typically, anytime you're forgiven $100,000 of debt, what happens is you get a 1099 because that counts as income. Any forgiven debt counts as income. But right now, since President Bush left office, he said through the year 2012, you can short sell your home and the IRS will forgive that 1099. So you won't get hit on it on your home. Now, if you if you go bankrupt and um, your credit cards, you you know get forgiven $100,000 in credit, you do get a 1099 on that. So that would, you know, $100,000, your tax bracket would probably be 33% range. So you'd be paying 33000 um, uh, $100,000. Why am I using such a big number? But you're, you get the idea. You'd be paying $33,000 in taxes on $100,000 of forgiveness, but not so much with uh, the home because that is forgiven. So I'd look into short sale. I would look into uh, foreclosure. I would look into every option out there, and I would consider a real estate attorney or a foreclosure attorney. Um, a direct relationship with someone who's had success, James. I know one person who's had a lot of success at it. That's the only person. So I, that's the only person I would continue consider referring you to, for instance. So you may want to, you know, look around your neighborhood, look around your friend set and family set, and see if anyone could help you uh, with a good referral. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks for the call. If I get hit by a bus today, there's a good article on Visa and Mastercard and how these are good long-term investments. They're getting hit right now. Market's getting hit. Market does not like what President Barack Obama has said. He he basically is losing his healthcare war. And what he says is, you know what? November's going to look ugly for me unless I do something that people like. I got to be a populist. You know, back in 2008 when he got elected, he was a populist. He said, I will change healthcare. I will change education. I will change, 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 change. Because we were tired of George Bush. And it worked. So he went to what people would, would accept. And that's how he got elected in. And Ultimately, it's going to be interesting to see if he can pull that off a second time because now he's going after the populist notion of going after banks. Now, that's bad for the economy. Now, ultimately, here's how people vote. Do they have a job or not? I do not think it's a good road that he's walking down. I do not. I walk these lonely roads. Anyway, um, Oppenheimer is talking about Visa and MasterCard today. I'd buy Visa and MasterCard today. I don't care where they go in the short term. I'd buy them, no doubt. 
So, um, so Oppenheimer likes both of them, 20% plus earnings growth. Are you growing your earnings 20% a year? They are. That's why you want to invest in them. If you were dating a young boy, a 12-year-old boy who's a model, and he's getting more modeling gigs and more modeling gigs and more modeling gigs, and he's becoming super, he's the Brad Pitt of modeling by the time he's 16. His earnings are going up and up. Like, you'd want to invest in that. Like, when you could have got him at 12 when he was earning no money, like, you could have been his manager for nothing, you know, kind of thing. And now he's a hot commodity. Same thing with investing. Same idea. Anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Interesting story. YouTube's going to start showing major matches on YouTube. Football, no. Soccer, no. Baseball, no. Hockey, no. They're going to start showing cricket on YouTube. Bizarre. Invictus was okay, but are we that excited about vague sports? Rugby and cricket? Anyway, probably my favorite song to end with. You never know. You never know. Only God knows. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Monday? (laughs) Talk to you soon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.